You're listening to the New Century Multiverse, Stone Spring Maidens. Chapter 18, Reaction. Gabriella, Day 15 of Epona, Springfall, 1884. Ganny and Attar were the last ones on the training floor the night before the big day, and as they packed up all the surplus parts to cart back to their armory, a strange frisson was in the air. So, Harry's definitely in love with Penny, right? Oh, big time. Big time. You think Calendula knows? How could she not? Whenever we all get together, it's like those two are joined at the hip. Closer than that. It's like they want to climb inside one another and touch skeletons. Why don't they just frock already? You don't think they have? No. Too much tension. Surely Penny would have told you if they had. She used to talk to me about how great Harry was whenever Harry wasn't there. But now it almost feels like she's ashamed. She keeps changing the subject. Or she doesn't want to bore you by talking your ear off about this human. Do you not like Harry? I actually do like Harry. She just feels like a normal young woman with a brain on her shoulders. I know what you mean. Almost like she was born Elaine, and then it took until now for her to find the rest of us. Attar nodded, but remained silent at this. I feel like my mothers would have liked her. They would have made her feel welcome here. Better until that hunger was past the point of satisfaction, but before the point of bloating. And they would have gotten hold of book after book to feed that brain. My mother would have hated her. At least the soft parts of her, the falling asleep, standing in place, those would have been core weaknesses she would have harped on about. The murderous obsession, less so. My mom would have stoked that fire and marveled at the determination that sprang forth. Do you know it's the first time you've ever mentioned your mom? She's not worth talking about. Are you sure? Pretty sure. Okay, it just seems like she had quite an effect on you. Attar clenched his teeth and looked like he was about to either explode with a torrent of unhappy memories, or else implode with the force of sheer repression. In fact, thinking about it, I still don't know what you did before college. You always seem to get territorial when Penny's around. Like you resent all the memories we share. So maybe you open up a little. I'll listen. I promise. I said I like Penny. You liked her since Harry showed up. That coincided with my better getting to know the pale green mop with spectacles. She's not a threat to our friendship. Or anything else. He let this last part hang. Attar pursed his lips and drawled. Oh, please. What? Not interested. Are you sure? Maybe for scientific study. I'm very studyable. You're my workmate. It would be... weird. We're both fairly weird already. When you're not being a scruffy pig, <laughs> I will accept that you are good company. Thank you. When you relax and stop being such an acerbic little neat freak, you can be downright pleasant. And I will admit, I have considered it. Vindication! But... But you don't want to ruin a workplace relationship that has worked fine for many sons? Exactly. I understand. And I wouldn't bring it up if I didn't feel like there was the possibility of more. 
but I've paid attention. I know you're not asexual. I know you're attracted to gentlemen. And I know you're solo and have been for a while now. Your point? Maybe just a date. I know some nice places that we won't be bothered as two gentlemen together. What for? What for? Ganny turned this question over. It seemed absurd to ask it, but a simple answer had to be there. Because I want to know more about you. You let me talk about me all day long. And since so much of my early life is tied up with Penny, no wonder you're jealous. I said I'm not jealous. Well then, I'm worse at reading people than I thought I was. But I also feel like I'm coming on too strong here. I'm sorry. I didn't want the place we worked to be uncomfortable for you. So if you say colleagues, then colleagues we shall be. What about friends? Like, really good friends who might want to take things slower. I can do that too. Though I'm not sure what's slower than the three sons that we've known each other and worked side by side. But if you can see something worth slowly working towards, yeah, then I can crawl there with you. One footstep at a time. Whoa there. A footstep? Slow the hell down. You're a living blur. My head's spinning. An inch then. And on unspoken cue, both began to walk in exaggerated, painfully slow motion towards their respective utility carts. The thirsty spile was drenched in pink light. Harry, now wearing a soft red headscarf that handily covered her ears, led the way, hopping up the damp stone steps to push through the saloon doors into this smoky drinking establishment. Penny followed, a sinking feeling in her gut. (laughs) They heard Cal's laugh across the din. She was surrounded by her work colleagues, none of whom Harry recognised, and from the number of empty glasses before them, each was several libations down already. Harry waited awkwardly while Penny squeezed herself in next to her wife and wrapped an arm around her shoulder. It had been the end of a tiring day and the whole team's nerves had been frazzled at the thought of what lay in store tomorrow when the vote counting concluded. Cal grimaced and whispered something to Penny, who drew her arm back, looked across at the bar, then blankly off into space. Abruptly, Penny got back to her feet and stormed out of the booth and out of the thirsty spile. Harry stood for half a moment, unable to read Cal's expression before giving chase. What? Harry called as Penny stalked down the slippery hill. What did she say? Penny could barely speak, and her face had locked up. She did not look at Harry as she gnashed out the information. Cal asked me if I could please not put my arm around her. She didn't want me to put off the bartender. Ah, wait, what? It would seem she has been sweet-talking him. You mean she was planning on cheating on you? No, it's not... It's not cheating. (sighs) Penny huffed and searched about for the right words, but none made sense to her at this time. I'm sure I've told you we have an open relationship. Well, open-ish. No, you haven't mentioned that before. What does it mean? Oh, then it means I'm overreacting. Well, if she's your wife and and you have this arrangement, uh, you, you should... Probably go back there and and patch things up. 
Harry said, confused and entirely uncertain whether she was stepping over boundaries. All she knew was that she did not wish to endanger Penny's marriage again, or further upset her. I don't know why that got to me so much. There was a long silence as they walked a little further, and then paused at the bottom of the hill. Oh, what am I doing? Penny gasped, looking at Harry's feet. I just put you in danger. You could have slipped over any time. Harry glanced down at the puddles around them, then shuffled her hiking heels and tapped at her cushioned elbow pads. I'm pretty good at falling now. I'm so selfish. I'm so sorry. Do you want to talk about it? I'll listen. And I'll try not to say anything that might upset you. Penny smiled sadly. I don't think you could upset me any more than I am. And I wouldn't want to bore you. I'm just bad at being a wife. Uh, listen. Harry said, taking Penny's hands, which trembled in her fingers. I'm gonna go home. Big day tomorrow and all that. I shouldn't have said yes to a drink. You go back to Cal and... Say what you need to say. This felt absurd. Harry was suddenly filled with anger over how Cal was handling this. It now felt like her nurturing guidance as a friend was itself a betrayal. But this was a long-term relationship, and Harry had no experience in that field. It was none of her business, and she would do what seemed like the right thing. It just felt like the opposite of that. She began to walk. The apartment wasn't far. Behind her, Penny lingered, glancing up the steep, slick hill, and then over at the back of her friend, waiting by the traffic lamps. They phased from violet to red, and Harry crossed the street away from her. Cursing herself, Penny turned and began the climb. Penny gabbled as she and Cal returned to their home and walked through the door. She was breathing fast so as not to have to pause or allow Cal to change the subject. Did I mention the advancements we've made recently purely from the work Harry and I have been doing on her legs? It's really quite fascinating. The most important aspect is finding inexpensive materials with durable qualities, but reducing the quantity of crystals we have to employ. And since not everyone is going to have the balance for those running sickles she uses, especially children, our plan is to get something with that level of stability that doesn't need to be powered at all. Sort of a combination of the various heel attachments she carries around in her bag. And for that, we need sliding mechanisms that rely Do you ever stop talking about that girl? I mean it, everything for the past few seasons has been Harry this and Harry that and amazing discoveries. It's good to know what you genuinely care about. Do you think I don't care about you? When will she be well? I beg your pardon? When... Will Harry be well enough to be able to call this project a success, move on, and move her out of that expensive apartment? You said you pulled some strings. I know what I said. It's your apartment, isn't it? At this, Cal pursed her lips and left the room. Penny followed her into the kitchen. Whatever you've paid in rent while she's been with us has been more than worth her time here as a researcher and engineer. If you let me finish... All right. Cal interrupted, now leaning back against the counter with her arms folded and a crooked smile on her lips. I can see plainly how much you want this maiden. 
So how about we pop that on the table, see what we can do with it? Uh... Penny was speechless. I realize I've been neglecting your needs. So let's give them a see into. Let's have brunch with Arlington tomorrow and ascertain how she'd feel about it. Then if she's game, we can go to her place and frog the living daylights out of her. Cal held out an elegant hand, extending a finger and maintaining intense eye contact. Brushed it through the material from Penny's right nipple, slowly down to her navel. I can tell for certain that nobody from her world can show her a time in the sack like we could. Penny shivered at the thought, but the words were once again stuck in her throat. We've both neglected one another. I don't think... And we all need to have some fun together. To blow away those cobwebs. I don't think Harry would say yes. How do we know until we ask? I think it would make it difficult for us to remain friends. But you're not going to remain friends, are you? She's going home soon. Unless, that is, I can find her a new occupation here. What I mean to say... Penny forced the words out with great difficulty. They were true. They had to be in the world. Is that I don't want to have to ask her to frock you. Wow. Cal cried, her eyes flaring. Wow. That is quite astonishing. She left the kitchen and stalked through to the living room. I'm sorry. Penny stammered after her. It's not something against you. It's about her. It was about Cal. You know, I am sick to death of the lack of freedom I have in this supposedly open relationship. We made the boundaries clear sons ago, and you still have a problem with what I am and what I'm somehow sometimes not allowed to do. How dare you throw a tantrum right in front of that bartender? Do you have any idea how long I've been angling for that beautiful gentleman? And now he thinks I have a mentally unbalanced girlfriend, and sometimes it's hard to disagree with him. I know the rules we agreed upon. I have to give up my apartment, my only sanctuary to this cripple of yours for an apparently infinite amount of time, I try to lay a nice, sensible tripod at your feet with a long-time male friend of yours whom you love, and you throw it back in my face like I'm being unreasonable. You won't frock men with me, you won't consider conceiving a child, and you cry every time I suggest something new. I'm just so tired of trying, Penny. Cal slumped down on the couch. You know what kind of a person I am. What sorts of appetites I have. What my hopes for the future are. And you starve me. She was close to tears. Her face was brighter red than Penny had ever seen. Okay, okay. Penny soothed. You're right about me knowing what sort of a person you are. I've spent far too long trying to reform you into someone else, so why not... Why not indulge your appetites for a change? Tell me what you want most. I want to be able to make love to men without you guilt-tripping me for who I am. Just because of who you are. Okay. Cal blinked. You're okay with me bringing men back here? I can get rid of the second apartment? I... Yes. 
Penny could feel her whole body shaking in anticipation of a counterpoint she was desperate to make. No more hiding required. I'm too clever anyway. There's no point. And... This time she felt some strength and weight to the words, a sense of fairness in her bargaining. And may I bring women back here? Of course. Provided I'm present too. What? I love the feel of a man between my legs. But I know I'm not falling in love with any of them. You, on the other hand, could absolutely fall in love with another woman. That's why I have to be there, enjoying them with you. It keeps things fair and balanced. But it's not... Yes. Yes, it is. Those are my terms. If you want Harry here, we are both going to be involved. Penny deliberated inside, and nothing about it felt wholly right. There was a sense of attempting to adjust their scenario based on their predilections and the tilt of their romantic hearts, but it felt like there was a wide, empty space present that was not being accounted for. If... if I leave the house when you have men around, if I just go to the library and read a book, or, or ride the Oaken tram around the city, would that be alright? No. I'd much rather have you here. But I... I won't make you join in. Cal said, standing now and crossing to where Penny was. If a beautiful man's body disgusts you so much, I will respect your boundaries. So you can just read your book in here if you don't want to watch. But I think it's fair if I know where you are. Do you... not trust me? Well, it seems like you don't trust me, so... That's not the way trust works. You just asked me if you could bring back women and make love to them in our bed, alone. That hurt me so much to think about. She wrapped her strong, steely arms around Penny. But I forgive you. It's gonna be alright, my babe. Penny melted at this reassuring embrace, but part of her mind was battering against reason. Five sons. This was too much of her life already invested to just throw away. Cal began to peel her clothes off. You have been listening to episode 18 of Stone Spring Maidens. Reaction. Written, edited, and directed by Alexander Shaw. Calendula Renwick, performed by Sharon Shaw. Penthesily Renwick, performed by Theo Lee. Harry Arlington, performed by Loretta Saylor. Ganymede Ferron, performed by Felix Quist. Atar Rubens, performed by Orion Richardson. Narration, performed by Alex Shaw. Make Your Decision by Dan Philipson of Shockwave Sound. Solo Cello Passion, performed by Doug Maxwell. Phantasm, performed by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com. Many soundscapes, including Orbital Platform, The Slaughtered Ox, Mansion Night, and Steampunk Station by Tabletop Audio. If you can't support us on Patreon, but would like to contribute to this show, then a review on iTunes, or of one of the books on Amazon, would absolutely be 
Help us move forward. It takes five minutes and it means the world. Stone Spring Maidens is available in a gorgeous paperback from Amazon.com, along with the previous nine stories from the New Century Multiverse, and the three newest, Panther Soul, Nightfall of the Wendigo, and Back in Time Plus Space. You should be listening to Through the Wind Door. The New Century Multiverse is funded by Patreon. Our $15 sponsors get credit every episode, so thank you too. Aaron Lecluse, Abel Savard, Alex Outridge, Angus Lee, Benjamin Hoffer, Brian Novak, Cassandra Newman, Chris Finnick, Christopher Wolfe, Kieran Dashler, Connor Kennedy, Dan Mayer, Daniel Salguero, Dan Hepner, Dave Hickman, David Sheely, Duran Barnett, Finbar Nicole, Frankie Punzi, Greg Downing, Jameis Enright, Jesse Ferguson, Joe Crow, Joel Robinson, Johan Clayson, Joe G, Josh Waster, Kat Esman, Kevin Vahey, Lorraine Chisholm, Mark Luksh, Marty Huey, Matthew A. Siebert, Matthew Webb, Michael Hasco, Sarah Montgomery, Tim Rosensky, Timothy Green, Toby Jungius, Tom Painter, Trey Contreras, and Valencia Burns. <laughs>